week in racing. It's time to recap it. And who better to do it than Michael New Magic? Two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of the shows. Real fans look forward to these guys in their last thoughts because they know they're not talking out of their royal ascot. What they say makes sense. So ladies and gents, sit back and relax as Blinkers Off presents The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, Mr. Samich. Big ol' Saratoga Huzzah! Toga! 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 Well, dude, we are so close. We're one day away. Happy Saratoga Eve to all of you watching us and joining us, whether on podcast or on YouTube. Thank you so much for joining us. Leave us a like, a thumbs up. We really appreciate that. Mike, you are in Saratoga. What is the atmosphere like in town on the eve of opening day? I am one and a half miles from the racetrack right now. Uh, I have not driven by it yet because I would just get too excited. Can't do that. Uh, you already can feel the buzz. So there's a place called 550 Waterfront that is down here by the by Lake Saratoga. 45-minute wait at 5.30 right now. Like, it is crazy how many people are already here. Like, the grocery stores are packed. The downtown is packed. Like, everyone is ready and raring to go. It's it's time for Saratoga, baby. Let's go. We have no, less it, than 24 hours. Less than 24 hours away from uh, from opening post. And if you want to catch the early pick five, Aaron joined me on Monday when Mike was traveling up to Saratoga. Uh, he joined me to do the early pick five. So we're going to have all 10 races covered for you on the Magic Mike show. Uh, that early sequence, too, looks really great. There's a Pletcher Philly that Aaron singled in race two. It looks like she could be any kind. And I hate saying that, but it really looks like she could just start things off with a huge, like, eye-popping win. Yeah, I mean, she's 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 working with Goddess of Fire, who comes up later in the card. We're going to talk about Goddess of Fire a little bit. It makes a ton of sense in the race that Goddess of Fire's in. Very, very good filly that she's working with. So you got to like that. I, I was with you. I was on the four as well. I'm going to play the four in my pick five too. My early pick five. Uh, I think it was that was the um, uh, it was a Gervin. No, it was uh, Bolt Oro. There it is. Gervin and Bolt Oro and Sharp Azteca. Three like standouts early here from a, an early sire perspective. Who the hell thought we were going to say that Gervin and Sharp Azteca? Uh, both the oral, maybe you could see that because it was precocious early, good pedigree. But man, the other two uh, just out of nowhere. I'm so excited to see these two year olds run, though, man. I, I just as much as I love these two year olds and the pedigrees and the early sires and now getting to actually see them in person. It's going to be so exciting. Going to be up in the seats in the clubhouse tomorrow. Just cannot wait to get to the track, dude. Well, let's not wait any longer. We've got Saratoga's opening date. Late pick five coming at you, Mike. Riders up. If you're looking for somewhere to bet the late pick five over at Saratoga at opening day, check out our friends over at BetPTC. Sign up with racing with the code, promo code DUDES, D-U-D-E-S, for a $200 bonus after you bet $750. BetPTC, home of the rebates. You get your rebates immediately after the race ends. And don't forget to check out uh, Dash for the Cash or Cash King or King Cash, whatever it is, their Saturday promotion where you can win a free $10,000 BCBC seat. BetPTC.com. Sign up with the promo code DUDES. Get it all. Thanks, Mike. I missed you on Monday. I had to do the read, and you know, I have it written out right in front of me, and I still screwed it up pretty badly. <laughs> but we're not going to try and screw this up. The late pick five at Saratoga on Thursday, July 14th. First leg of the late pick five race six. It's a five and a half furlong outer turf sprint. 11 males, three and up. 
50K starter allowance race for horses who have never won other than maiden or claiming. And I talked about this off air. Wesley Ward's kind of all over this sequence, including here, the number four, just say when. Three to one favorite. What you going to do here? It's a must-use for me, not the top pick, but a must-use. When I went through this race, one of the things that stood out was just the massive amounts of early speed, and you'd expect that with a five-and-a-half furlong turf sprint, but holy buckets, man. I mean, just <laughs> every way you go, there's speed and speed and speed and speed, and that really makes it tough for Just Say When. I will say this about Just Say When, kind of like the fact that we are shortening up here from a mile and a 16th. It was a pretty good effort going a mile and a 16th over the Churchill turf. Uh, made the lead mid-race, kind of set the pace. They came home in, in sixes after they went that that six furlongs in 114. So pretty good time from a come-home perspective. I think cutting back will actually help this horse. Interesting to see this horse kind of drop into that $50,000 allowance level, which should be a little bit of a class drop from the $75,000 claimers that we were facing in, in Char- Churchill. So I think the four makes a ton of sense, but my top pick is going to be the nine horse here, King Moon Racer, second off the layoff. This horse has the ability to come from off the pace uh, has done well at Belmont going seven furlongs. Only concern here is this might be a little short going five and a half, but the pace setup is what I really like here. I, I think King Moon Racer is going to have a ton of pace to chase, be able to sit a good trip in that second or third flight with tactical speed, make a run around the turn, and hopefully get the money on the wire. You know, this might be a playback for me, Mike. I only went too deep here. I'm kind of go- It's a little risky for me to start off this pick five in a turf sprint with 11 horses uh, on, uh, that all, you know, to lesser degree, all have a chance here. Uh, the four was my top pick. I went against the nine because the way that my just the way that my ticket ended up being structured, I didn't feel like I could play two short price, the two shortest prices in this race. But I know your ticket's a lot different. So uh, the, and the angle I went with, the biggest one is I think this horse is great at seven, six and a half, five and a half is a little too short, but you did key on it mike there is a lot of speed here they'll be coming back to him it's just a matter of can he get up there in time uh, i like to bring it up anytime we've got a george weaver horse um his wife is a, was an exercise rider took a really bad fall with the horse uh she's still in a coma i learned uh which is pretty scary um a lot of brain injury i know there's a gofundme for that uh so if you feel so inclined if you're looking if you make some money off of us and you feel so inclined to donate go check it out uh cindy hutz is her name but uh, they got the nine horse in here. It would be great if George Weaver's barn gets a win. If this horse wins and knocks me out of pick five, I'm not going to be that upset. I do have the four as my topic, though. Yeah, I, all the best to, to George Weaver and his wife. Obviously, terrible situation. It happens more often than you'd like to see in horse racing, too, especially the exercise riders, which you never really hear about. So mm-hmm. anything you do to support her, I think it's, it's an awesome cause. Um, I'm going to go with the eight Stanhope here as well. This is just playing the speed of the speed in my mind. Um, and then that's simply what I think Pratt has here with Lucas, Bonnie Lucas and ex-Wayne Potts assistance. You know that that barn can get it out there when they need to. Um, the last race, you just draw a line through it. Really, it's just that simple to me where this horse didn't go as fast as did the previous two races and just decided to stop as a $1.15, uh, $1. 15 cent favorite. Now you get Pratt aboard. Uh, it's obviously an upgrade from a jockey perspective. And this is the fastest horse in the race in my mind. Every now and then, these five and a half furlong races. It just doesn't collapse. It's the fastest speed horse wins. I think that's Stanhope. I like the six to one price. I like I'm getting Pratt. Well, Pratt will be able to dictate like what kind of pace he wants to set too. Because this is look at the the form. This is clearly a horse. Go to the lead, like you said, and, and try to hold on. Um, I only went too deep here. I mentioned I'm going to use the ten propensity as my other pick. Broke the maiden at the course and distance back in 2020. Then moved up to this level next out. Got second by a neck. So first time versus winners makes a very good account. Clearly, the horse seems to like the Saratoga turf. Each of the last three starts showed speed going longer. I know that's an angle that you sometimes like with horses. Going to have to at least match the career best buyer, maybe atop it to try and win in this spot. But you're getting the best jockey aboard since I read Ortiz Jr. rode back in October. And that was a really great effort um, at the N2L level. So I'm going to use the 10. uh, 
you know, the uh, post 10, by the way, I sent the stats to you guys in the chat, but 12% uh, sprinting on the outer turf course last year from post 10 at the Saratoga meet. And uh, again, this is a big thing about the jockey upgrade, I think is what is able to push this horse forward. Yeah, I'm worried about the barn downgrade, and that was the main reason I didn't use the 10 propensity here. Uh, all four of the career best efforts were in the Mott Barn pre-claim. Horse got claimed for 30000 on November uh, 29th, 2020, and since then has not been able to replicate anything over in that, that high 70s, low 80s numbers, which is kind of what we were running for in the Mott Barn. So my concern is the barn switch caused the horse to kind of get downgraded, and that's why I'm not going to end up on the 10 here. I did go four deep. I include the one horse Starry, starry night. Uh, this is simply one of those spots where, again, I talked about how much speed there is. If you look at that last race, that maiden breaking score, the race was fast first off. So 108 and 4 is very good for a maiden 40. I rarely play these horses right back when they go from maiden up into an allowance, up into winners. I talk about it all the time. The one exception is turf sprinting, where I think it's easier if you're just a fast horse to be competitive. And this setup here for me, for my for my money, is perfect for Starry Starry Night. You get Jose Ortiz back. You're getting 15 to 1. You're getting a ton of speed in front of him. And you get a nice cushy rail draw here where you can just kind of sit behind the speed, run to that turn, find a hole, make one run, and see if you're good enough. And at 15 to 1, I'm willing to take a shot to kick this thing off. I think there's uh, prices to be found here. And it's always scary when you see that Wesley Ward is in a turf sprint with a claiming horse because you're not really sure what is that horse going to be able to do. But I do like for this horse that we can move on that at least he debuted the horse looking to or, or quickly was putting the horse in at the claiming. Yeah, debuted at 50K. So it's not like the horse was a big purchase and then was running a big races and now is dropping. So I, at least for me, that's why this isn't as scary. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I don't see this as a big drop for the four, so I'm not, not as worried about that one. Real quick on the also eligible. So the 15, 14 is an MTO, correct? Yeah, the, all the AEs are MTOs. Yeah, so I don't think we need to go too much into those. If, if this does rain off, all three of those horses are going to be very, very tough, but we're not expecting any rain. Yeah, at least I looked at it, it's like, a, I don't know. You're the guy in Saratoga. You tell me what's going on with the rain. Uh, let's move on. It's the, in about 90. <laughs> Just looked out Sitting the window. 90. Okay, good. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, second leg of the opening day, late pick five of Saratoga, Thursday, July 14th, race seven, the inaugural Wilton Stakes, which is a one-turn dirt mile. We've got nine three-year-old fillies in this race. They've all never won a stakes. It's restricted to that. It also marks the return of the Wilson shoot. And if you're watching us live or the replay, I'm going to put it up here on the screen right now. Mike, when I look at this, I just see Ellis Park at Saratoga. So uh, to me, I, I feel like the inside speed is going to be good. But how did you handicap this unique setup here? Well, I mean, first off, you, you kind of have to watch a couple races before we really understand what to expect from this setup. I agree with you. Speed should be good here. Man, I can see some really tough trips from both the inside and the outside. Because if like if you're at the one and you break well, but then the, the, the crunch starts to come around that first turn because the speed will start coming in. So let's say the five is the speed. The five is going to drift over toward that inside rail right around that first half turn it's going to push back those horses on the rail too. So I almost want to be breaking in the four five or six post from this spot, because I think that's the place where you're going to see the least amount of trouble when you're running out of this stretch. I'll tell you the 10 looks awful. Like you do not want to be way outside. That looks like a real problem to me. I would assume speed's going to be better simply because you're not going to have as many trip issues if you're speed, but they're going to be hustling into that first turn. I mean, you're going to like, rarely do you see them going 22 flat 23 low 22 or high 22s into a turn like that. And it's an aggressive, quick side turn, too. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I'm definitely going to think that there are going to be a couple horses to play back out of these races when they go seven furlongs next time out or when they go a mile and 16th next time out. And you kind of get out of this situation, this one turn, well, one and a half turn mile. 
Yeah, it's uh, I, listen, Saratoga Slim did a perfect uh, video over at our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash racing dudes. The backside vlog number 11, he went right up to the shoot and he gives you a perspective of here's what it looks like from the shoot. Here's what the horses see. And I thought that was really unique. It's one thing to see like the aerial view like we were showing on screen, but to see what they have to look at and how that turn, like you come flying out of there. And like you said, Mike, it's a quick hook because it's a half of a turn. Uh, yeah, he was saying inside speed looks like it's going to be great. Uh, back Apparently back in the 70s and 60s when they did have this shoot, inside speed was really good too. So based off of that, who's your top pick? <laughs> Look, I, I'm going to go to the seven horse Tarabi, uh, Tarabi. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but this is like Sherry DeVoe. I've talked about her quite a bit. Love her. Very good trainer. This is a second out as a three-year-old. This horse ran very, very well as a two-year-old. Improved with every start. Faced Echo Zulu twice. Was four lengths behind her. Then in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Philly, ended up running third. Five lengths behind Echo Zulu and just a half length back of Juju's map. The debut left a little something to be desired. I really would have liked it if we had won that debut because it just did everything but win. And at some point, you start to worry, hey, we broke our maiden, haven't won since. But we faced some very good horses doing so. Top buyer off that last race. You'd expect improvement. The mile should hit this horse right between the eyes. Tactical speed, not front-running speed. I think that's probably going to come from the four. But tactical speed, where you can sit right off that, get a good trip into that first turn, be able to get a good run. I think Tarabi is a, a standout here. I'm going to end up going too deep because I'm scared of one other horse in this spot. But Tarabi is my top pick in it here. Taking a shot against her. I think that the trip is going to be too hard for her to overcome from that seven post. And I'm this is me just like fully believing Saratoga Slim saying inside speed, good. Outside speed, bad. And she's, I, I think with you, I don't think she's a need the lead type. She hasn't been a need the lead type ever in her career. But I think that outside post position is going to be really tough for her because of that uh, turn. And there are horses that are not going to be as forwardly placed necessarily as her. But you've got, if the five stays in, she's going to be forwardly placed. The six is probably going to be right there with her. The two might want to go. Uh, Goddess of Fire, you don't know what she might do from the rail. So all of that to say, the seven horse is going to have to work out a really wide trip out of, you know, in that turn and down the backstretch. At five to two, uh, you know, it, it's too much for me to try and, you know, user here. I am going to use Goddess of Fire as well. She's not my top pick, but top pick goes to number four, Angitude. This to me is the leader. You talked about it. She's cutting back, or I'm sorry, um, she was going five and a half furlongs. She was going six furlongs. She's fast. She's flying. You've got lone speed possibly on the dirt. She's drawn inside. It's violence. It's Brad Cox. It's Joel Rosario. I love her here. I almost was going to single her. I ended up using Goddess of Fire, but uh, I love Angitude in this position. Fourth pick in here for me, I heavily disagree with that she's lone speed. Uh, my yeah. second pick here, and the only other horse I'm using is Goddess of Fire. I'm going 1-7 because Goddess of Fire is a closer in here, and there is a lot of speed signed up. You mentioned how Tarabi could be on that outside draw. You could see the two go. You could see the three go. You could see the four go. You could see the five go. The six has some speed. The seven can go. A Moray outside even has some tactical speed and may send from that nine post because of where it is. You literally could have seven of these nine horses decide to be forwardly placed in some manner, which is going to set up for Goddess of Fire, who is going to be able to sit that good trip. Because the other thing, I don't hate being like tactical speed on the rail, right? Where you can sit behind those that front runner and let four horses go in front of you. You get the, the rail on that first turn, then you get rail on the second turn and make your one run. That's how it sets up for Goddess of Fire, who probably is the classiest filly in this race as well. When you just look at who she has faced, the races she has been in. So give me the one and the seven, and let's just move along here. I mean, I'm trying to make sure the ticket isn't too big a price. Uh, I will probably, if I single the horse I'm singling on the bombs, I will probably use the two Gina Romantica as well, who I think is a really interesting horse at eight to one for Brown and Pratt, who I think can sit behind that speed as well and get a nice big run if she needs to. 
Uh, I looked at the two consider for a bit. I didn't love that she had to beat off turf maidens to get the job done, but uh, it, you know it is Pratt and Chad Brown, and the breeding says she should be able to handle it. You lo- got to love that inside position. I think for exotic, she's good. Didn't make either of our tickets. Uh, the one horse, if she wins, that will really piss me off is the three Saint Martin girl because why the f is Juan Vasquez? Like, here's somebody explain this to me. Bob Baffert, we're gonna ban him for two years from Naira, but Juan Vasquez kills horses while he's yeah. transporting him. Hey, he's sure. Let's let's have him. Let's hope that the three shows up uh, not dead like some of his other horses when she arrives to Saratoga. Moving on, Mike. Third leg of the late pick five sequence at Saratoga on Thursday, July fourteenth, opening day, race eight. We're going to the inner turf. It's an N two X for a dozen three old Phillies going a mile and an eighth plus three also eligibles at last year's meet posts one through seven all at least 10% winners if you were post eight outward on the inner turf routing you really didn't like it it was really 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 bad so that's good news for Christoph Colman he's got the one and the three but Bill Mott has the 11 all the way out that's that's not good for Wonka where are you going on top yeah, look, this was one of those spots where I'm going to be five deep and I'm going to be sweating bullets if I'm live at this point because I don't really even know if that's enough coverage at this spot. It was a really tough race. The other thing that you didn't mention about the Interturf last year, you really wanted to be in the pocket. That was like the trip last year on this turf course. First and second couldn't quite hold. You couldn't close from way back. You wanted to be sitting in the pocket, and you do not. You did not want to be two or three wide around both turns. It was just a death trip. You mentioned that that outside post and how the, the percentages – that, those are the horses that were sitting wide, and they just could not win going two wide, two wide last year for a lick, right? And usually you can get a couple of those home if you are if you have some coverage. Last year, it was just not happening. You had to be on the rail. Um, I really leaned on the inside for this. I think you have the most talented horses there as well. The three-horse My Risky Affair was my top pick. Uh, this horse just kind of coming into its own. You draw a line through that race two back when it rained off the turf. Just improving every start after every start. Christophe Clement, Joel Rosario, that's the, the, the tandem that you want. If Clement's good horses – if with almost all of Clement's good horses, it's Rosario. If not, it's Davis. Um, in this case, look, Rosario has just been an absolute monster with this horse. Uh, the race two back, or the last race I think is good enough to win it. We're consumer spending one by two in the Wander again. It was a grade two effort. Now we're dropping down to N1X. I mean, to me, my risky affair is kind of a standout here. The other horse I'm going to use is the four Miss Greer. Luis Saez doesn't get enough credit, man. Won this meet last year, and everyone forgets. He won by eight races over IRAD last year for the jockey's title. You got lone speed on the four, Missy Greer. So I'm going to use the three and the four as my two must-use horses to kick this thing off. You nailed my top two or, uh, in reverse order. Missy Greer, to me, you tell me if you uh, disagree, but you have a potentially lone speed going two turns on the turf in New York with Luis Saez aboard at 15 to 1. Full stop, even if it's not your top pick, that horse has to be on your ticket. That's just basic New York turf handicapping at this point. Uh, on top of that, you got to love the Danny Gargan. Purposely put her on turf for her first two starts. You tried the Oaks Trail, see what they had. Nothing worked. We're right back to where we want to be. But, you know, she's by a derby winner. The damn sire was a derby favorite the year that he went. So you understand what they were trying to do. Uh, I'm a little worried if there is some give in the ground, what happens with her. I think that she loves something that's firm or fast that she can just bounce right off of. But, you know, again, Lone Speed, I think, is going to be pretty deadly for her. Did she look like Lone Speed to you as well? I thought she was Lone Speed. I'm really check, quick checking the weather here. Uh, so it's going to rain tonight, 30% chance of rain tomorrow. Um, I think she's clearly Lone Speed. And I think with Saez especially, she's clearly Lone Speed. Because Saez is one of those riders, when he sees Lone Speed, he takes advantage of it. It's him, it's Carmouche. Laparu actually does it pretty well here as well. So there's a couple of riders who are going to send in these spots. To me, Saez is one of those. And, and you mentioned they started this horse off on the turf. And it, she ran well enough, not not great, but well enough on those two turf starts. Then they switch over to the dirt. She ends up in the Black Eyed Susan. That was way over her head. 
But I don't think the mile and eight distance is any type of issue here. So I, I think Missy Greer can get the distance. I think she's low in speed, and that's really dangerous, like you mentioned, uh, over the Naira turf. Look, I can't use the three, my risky affair, not use the one, Kanzi, the other, Clement. I, I Look, she's a very good horse, has been on the come up here. Uh, Slim, if you watched his backside blog, there you go. Uh, yeah, Nick loves Kanzi. If you watch Slim's backslide blog, Clement, Clement was planning on sending both these to Belmont's Oaks. They both end up in an N1X allowance. Be really interested to see if one of them scratch. Like that would tell me that the other one is going to be absolutely loaded in this spot. So we'll see if we end up uh, running two and just one will do here, or if we're going to fire them both out. I can't pass up the six customer list here either. Yep. The Chad Brown, Clarevich horse. Look, I know that that Pen Oaks wasn't great, but how he absolutely rolled in that spot. And this horse stumbled at the break, broke its maiden first time out. Yes, it was at Monmouth. I get all of that. But this horse is regally bred. And now we're getting six to one, Clarevich, Irad. I, to me, this horse fits really well here, too. So I'm going to use the six. And then the last one for me was a seven, love to run. Uh, I'm going to take a little bit of a price here with Cassie and Velasquez. To me, this was the other horse I thought would be forwardly placed. And if you go back to that race, two back where this horse, or that last race where this horse was further back, broke out of the 11 post, didn't get the best trip. You go to that race, two back where it showed tactical speed with size up and was able to get the job done, coming home in 23 and change. I think the seven sits right behind the four. And if for some reason the four doesn't go on with it, the seven gets first run. I'm getting the right price. So I'm going one, three, four, six, seven and trying to get through here with five horses. And we have agreement on four. We each went five deep and we agreed on one, three, four, six. Uh, I didn't use the seven, but I'm not going to knock you for it. <laughs> Sorry. I got it, the audio listeners don't care. Curtis Mandel's got a new profile picture on YouTube and it's now Tom from MySpace. It's uh, well done, Curtis. That's great. <laughs> you literally stopped me mid sentence with that. That was a good one. Uh, last one for me. Uh, and by the way, all great points. I agree with everything you made. I'm not going to try and reiterate. Number two, Bravo Kitten is going to be the last one for me. And this is an iffy one for a lot of people because you look at the trainer and it's Safi Joseph Jr. And you look where he's at and you see it's not a track in Florida and you go, mm, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> So here's the point of the case I'm going to make for him. The horses clearly does well on turf, right? This kitten's joy, Dynaformer, should love going long. Mile and eighth here. Uh, second to Oakhurst at Keeneland. The fact that yep. the horse was second at Keeneland twice, I thought was pretty impressive. It's a very tough meet. And to do that, you know, within a two-week span. Again, second to Oakhurst, a friend of the program, Geist, that's his horse. Uh, I don't really think, I'm not going to call this a class drop, Mike. I know she was in a stakes last out, but it was Indiana Grand. And if you look who she's facing here, I guarantee these are probably a little bit tougher than those horses, which makes it a little interesting that I would use her. But she's taken the blinkers off. I think that ended up being a failed uh, experiment there. But we're also getting Tyler Gaffley on the board, and this is why I decided to use her. Last five years, Safi Joseph Jr. on the Naira circuit, 17% winners. Specifically as Saratoga the last five years, he's three for 57. That's 5%. Without Tyler Gaffleyone in those five years, he's 0 for 40. <laughs> Tyler Gaffleyone's 3 for 17 riding for Safi at Saratoga. That's 18%, and they have a 218 ROI. Tyler Gaffleyone's in the saddle. That's the only reason I'm going to end up putting this horse on my ticket, because <laughs> I think yeah, that's the difference maker. Honestly, you should have stopped the argument with Oakhurst and, and the fact that the side herself won the other race, two very good fillies. And that, that's enough to use this horse if you really want to, especially at the 8-1 to price. When you're into this type of deep race, I just can't get to this horse when it's Safi coming up to New York. For me, that's the biggest issue. You've got these two Clements. You've got a, a Cassie I like. You've got a Brown I like. You've got a Speed with size. I, I just I can't get to, okay, I'm going to be excited about a Safi Joseph horse, especially when really had two chances to win those races and was beaten badly by both of those horses. Like She wasn't really that close to winning either of those Keeneland races. She just ran second in both of those Keeneland races. So 
Uh, we'll see what happens here. But I, I wouldn't talk you off Bravo Kid at eight to one, but I just can't. I would rather use someone like the seven horse love to run at 12 to one. Got a lot of people in the chat showing some love for some outside horses here. Did you consider the 11 Wonka at all? That was one I know a couple people have mentioned. No, the 11 and the 12 for me are both watching possibly play back, especially the 11. Uh, a big reason is that post, it's going to be really hard to work out a trip uh, from the 11 post. It was 0 for 17 at last year's meet. Um, again, the, it could be a different year, completely different track. We'll see what happens. Uh, it is Jose Ortiz and Bill Mott, but for this horse in this spot, I want closer to the 8 to 1 from the Soaring Softly than the 3 to 5 when she was, you know, when she broke her maiden. So I think the price will be too short for me to take her here. And then last question for you. I agree with you on both those. If the 13 draws in, what do you do? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Flavian Pratt has first call in the 13. So if the 13 draws in, even if the 12 is also in, Pratt's going to bail for the 13. Uh, I'm going to watch with I'm going to watch with my butthole clench probably because uh, <laughs> that it's I'm going to you know I can't say I'm going to player when I just said the 11 and 12 I'm watching because of the post. Uh, but it's Pratt, it's Chad Brown, it's a private purchase from France. If she wins from that spot, she'll have to be much the best. And I probably would let her do it just because, like we've talked about a few times, this is a pretty deep field. This is a Saratoga N1X. This is a deep field. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I may use the 13 instead of the 7 if the 13 draws in here to me. Because especially with that 8-1 to price, I'm not sure if we get it. Um, yeah. I will look at the double payouts. And depending on what the double payouts are, I may or may not use. Because uh, that will give you some idea of kind of where it sits. Um but I, I think the 13 could be awfully live. It's Matacat. Like you said, Pratt's first call, Chad Brown, Matacat bought it overseas, shipping it over here. This is where you spot her. I mean, it's especially when you have consumer list in here, who too, who is a pretty good Chad Brown horse. I, the 13 could be a runner, but that post is awfully difficult. And uh, something that I like about the two Clement horses in here and something I talk about a lot is uh, someone like him or Suge, they debut horses going long first time. They, that's a clue. Like this horse is going to be nine furlongs easily. This horse yep. two races in France, Mel and three sixteenths both times. So, uh, yeah, she's but made for the distance and everything. You just wish, I guess not in this case, because it would be harder to you know, definitely have to fit her in the ticket. But you just wish for her sake that she was drawn a little better to show what she can do. Did you like the 12 at all? I meant to ask you about that real quick. No, I, the, the 11 and the 12 for me both were, were ones where I, I want to see a race here. I mean, it, it, you don't have any of the they, – they, neither of them have run at this distance before. The, the 11's last race, probably the best race for the 11's career, was at seven furlongs. Now we're stretching out to a mile and an eighth. Those posts are a little difficult, especially without any of that tactical speed. If either of them had a lick of tactical speed, I think you could make a little bit more of a case. But essentially, Linda's gift, who has no speed at all, is going to have to sit at the back of this pack and then save ground in the first turn and either go five or six wide on the second turn or weave through the pack, both of which are tough. I assume the rails will be at zero feet for opening day. That's generally what they have. And when the inside turf course and the rails are at zero feet, it's really hard to win from way back because the turns are so tight on that inside turf course that you lose momentum or you go way too wide if you're trying to make up a ton of ground on that second turn. So the speed, when they can accelerate right when they hit the top of the stretch, gets to kind of burst out for uh, and open up by a length or two. And you'll see that, that the, if the speed has anything left, they're going to open up by a length or two and you have to re-reel them in around that second turn. So it's just a really tough post with a horse with no tactical speed. Definitely a fun race. And uh, don't be surprised if Mike Samach has a, a stable up feature coming out of this race. You could see coming. Uh, it's been what happens. Let's move on, Mike. The penultimate leg of the opening day, late pick five at Saratoga on Thursday, July 14th, race nine. It's the grade three Skylerville Stakes, a tradition unlike any other. We've got nine fillies going six furlongs on the dirt. 
none of these horses, by the way, have ever raced in the state of New York before. So it will be interesting to see what happens. All eyes from the Racing Dudes team. We're looking at the coach's number nine, Summer Promise. Such an aptly named horse as D. Wayne Lucas returns back to Saratoga. Got a small string here. Uh, I know you're singling her. I don't want to talk anymore about her. I'll let you do that. Look, it's awesome to see the coach back. First off, it's interesting to see him at 10%. For years, he's been between 4 and 6%. So now to be up at 10% is really interesting. You're also seeing him get horses again. And I think that's the really the difference here. I mean, if you look at horses like Secret Oath, and, and then now look at the horses like this nine horse here, um, Summer Promise. I mean, this is a half-million-dollar horse that went to D. Wayne Lucas. That didn't happen for the last few years. And so you, you look at, at the past, past results of his, and you have to kind of take him with a grain of salt because he is getting better horses now. And that's going to obviously give you better results. I mean, getting a quality stock makes a big difference in the horse racing world. Summer Promise looked awesome on debut. And Coach sucks on debut. Okay, let me be very clear. Like, not good. Um, so the fact that Summer Promise ran so well, and now you're getting second out, and we're aggressively placing into a stakes race here, tells me all systems go. And this is one of those races where, okay, just Cindy is the and the five Janice Joplin, the only two horses in this field to pass anybody. Everyone else went wire to wire, right? I like the outside draw with that case. I like Saez here because you're going to get tactical position. You can see how fast they're going inside. I don't think you need to full send on this nine. I expect you're going to see three or four horses full send to the inside and that Saez can work out a trip and decide what to do. Now, if Saez outbreaks the field and goes, then go. You have that option because all you have to do is look inside and figure it out. When you're in the three horse hole, the two hole, you're, you're kind of, your decisions made for you. Um, and then the tough part for the one here, just Cindy, who I think a lot of people are going to be using the one horse that was professional on debut. You get Irad for Keneally, which is not that common of a combination, but the trip here is going to be tough breaking from that one post in this race. And you have so many horses in front of you. You got to figure out how to work your way through it. If the rail doesn't open up, it's going to be hard to sweep around the outside. So for my money, summer promises the single here. And I'm hoping we get that three to one price because there are a lot of different ways to go here. Me and my shadow, the top last out buyer, Monster horse coming in from Cassie. The Janice Joplin picks up Pratt, I think is really interesting because completely missed the break and ran up and, and ran pretty well. And the only other horse to pass horses. So hopefully we get three to one on Summer Promise. I'm going to single up Summer Promise and see if we can key this pick five around her. Uh, don't hate it. Don't hate it at all uh, that you want a single her here. She's my top pick too. You've made all great points. And, and comparing her to just Cindy, if you watch the way in which they do it, Aaron, by the way, did a preview for this at our website, racing.com that you can check out, but he outlined it perfectly that she didn't break very well from the rail. And usually that's a death sentence for a two-year-old making its debut. She got rushed up into contention and then she settled and she stopped and she waited until she was told to go. You don't see two-year-olds do that unless they are extremely far ahead in their uh, development. So You've got the coach who's won this six times already. Luis Saez is his main jockey when he's got a big horse. Look what happened when Secret Oath got Luis Saez for the Kentucky Oaks. Uh, I'm going to go too deep. I'm going to use the six, me and my shadow. Mark Cassie has three horses in here. Two of them don't really quite belong, and he kind of said as much to DRF. Uh, it, the Two of them are coming from uh, Woodbine where they broke their maidens, and that includes the six, me and my shadow. He said that the three Adora, he thinks that she is a turf horse, probably on synthetic. And then he said that Janice Joplin, who was a maiden, the five horse, he said she was a late entry because at the time it looked like it was going to be five, six horses in this race. And he was like, eh, we'll see what happens. You're looking for grade one uh, placement at that time. Uh, it is worth noting that the five was a horse that Mark Cassie owned. And then after her debut, Gary Barber bought off of Mark Cassie and kept with her. So Mark Cassie knows the horses very well. But for me, the six is, is the other horse to use. Super impressive debut, dueling inside, just like we talked about with Summer Promise. Uh, it was at Woodbine on synthetic, but 
the second and third place finishers, they both came back to finish okay, getting 64 buyers on the turf. But Cassie, the main reason that Cassie said he liked her for this race is that after leaving Woodbine, he trained her at Belmont and said that she never trained better than when she hit Big Sandy and got to, or the training track and got to be on the dirt. So he's like, let's put her on the dirt and see what happens. Uh, violence is the sire, 19% with two-year-olds. Thank you. Pretty good. And then even though the dam was a synthetic runner, the grand dam is serenading. She's by AP Indy out of deputy minister mayor. So there's plenty of dirt breeding there. She did win the grade two fall city handicap in her final career start. That's on dirt going long. So I think the pedigree is there. If she takes to the dirt, I think she makes it really tough for summer promise. Yeah. I, I mean, to me, you know, this is the, the this horse is going to get bet based off that DRF article and what Cassie said. Clearly this is the horse Cassie's highest on, right? I, so if you're going to play one of the Cassie's, Mark Cassie is telling you to play the six if you believe him. I'm now we always talk about trainer speak and how you can't always believe the freaking trainers. The three yeah. horses one I would stay away from based on the, what he talked about how she was training. It just Adora and the way that that she's been training on dirt and specifically how Cassie said he she's a dirt horse or probably a synth or turf horse, not a dirt horse. Tells me that we took a shot. We shipped this horse down here already. We're gonna run her, but we're not super excited about the proposition. I bet we see her in a turf sprint next time out. Um, Janice Joplin's a little interesting to me, to be honest, because he also said she was not fully keyed up for that Churchill race, the first mm-hmm. one. And so to me, that a horse that can pass misses a break, passes horses, wasn't fully keyed up. There's some run in Janice Joplin. So I, I don't I don't dislike the five, especially underneath. Uh, to me, it's it's hard to get around the the one in the set nine, though. I, I to me, those are the two classiest fillies in this field early on. The six horse, me and my shadow could surprise, but I don't love the fact that Cassie has three in here. I, to me, that that just tells you he doesn't. He's not as high on me and my shadow as he may be leading on. It may be his best filly, but the fact that he entered three in this spot makes me kind of take a step back. Yeah, I mean, he is, he's known for doing that at Woodbine a lot, but he doesn't always do that in super big races unless he ha- feels like he's got contenders. But we'll see what happens here. Uh, an interesting field, nonetheless, uh, for the Schuylerville. Let's move on to the final leg of the late pick five for opening day at Saratoga, Thursday, July 14th. Race 10 looks a little bit like race six. We're going five and a half furlongs on the outer turf again, but this time 11 fillies and mares, three and up. Uh, nine winners of two lifetime in for $35,000 tags. And our buddy Wesley Ward is back here with the rail horse, but not the favorite. So we don't have to talk about her if you don't want to. Where are you going on top? Won't talk about her. Uh, give me the four, Rigby. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit of a price here. Eight to one for Arendelle, Mike Maker. Uh, you get Luis Sai as a board. This horse uh, was going a little too far, I feel like, last time out. We were going seven furlongs the last two efforts. Wasn't quite able to get the job done. Uh, broke maiden at six furlongs over the Belmont turf. Went right into the grade two Jesmond. Then $100,000 stakes race. Kind of the wheels fell off after that. After breaking its maiden. But Mike Maker, early on, especially with Luis Sai last year, was hot. I think this horse has tactical speed, can sit right behind the one, be able to make a big run, love the 8-1 to one price. I think we're properly placed at the right distance. Haven't been able to say that since this horse broke the maiden. Uh, this is my top pick as well, Mike, for every reason. I mean, you nailed it. If Mike Maker got the win. He's like, all right, let's go. Greatest stakes. No, never mind. Regular stakes. No, never mind. Open yeah. allowance. Nope. Stay bread allowance. Nope. Still not there. In for attack. There we go. We found it. Okay, so now we're back in the right spot. Uh, yeah, third off the bench should give a peak effort. Love the horse here. I couldn't believe that we both had the same 8-1 to one in this turf sprint. We had the same 8-1 to one shot on top. Uh, I'm going to stick with an 8-1 to one that I know you didn't use. I'm going to go to the rail. I did use Magniloquent. Uh, an interesting one, and I, I understand why you wouldn't want to use her. Wesley Ward bred her himself to American Pharaoh. Uh, literally bred himself. I'm just kidding. Uh, was clearly trying to make a turf sprinter here. She hasn't become a good one yet, so not quite there. Uh, was bet pretty heavily to win her debut and completely bombed. But I feel like since the third start, Wesley Ward understands where she needs to be properly placed. She seems fragile because of all the gaps in between, but she can fire fresh. Ward can do that. 
The only time she's ever turf sprinted against her own sex, she won. So she got the job done at Gulfstream Park. And Jose Ortiz, who's back aboard today for the second time, wrote her the first time then. So I'm going to go with her. By the way, again, stats don't mean anything a year later. But in 2021, sprinting from the rail on the outer turf, highest win percentage, 11 for 59, 19%. Mike, I think that kind of proves your point about why you need to save ground on the outer turf at last year's meet, at least. Yeah, it makes a big difference there as well. Look, I just... I thought about Malikman for a while. My biggest issue here is there's a lot of speed, and I like some of the speed, other speed more. Uh, like the five fast Corey is a horse I'm using. I think fast Corey is the fastest horse in this field and going to be able to get out to the lead or at least push the one. And when you have that push, it's a big-time problem. Last time in Indiana Grand goes 20-20-4, and 43-4, uh, going five furlongs. Ends up falling apart because that's way too fast. But now we're jumping back down uh, into the – we're jumping into the claiming – into the tag for the first time. This horse is coming out of the Brad Cox bar, and he knows what he's doing. You're getting Manny Franco up. Our boy Dan tells us Manny Franco in the last at Naira. That's what you play. We got him here. I think the five gets the lead, or if doesn't get the lead, is pushing Maliloquent every step of the way, and it makes it really hard for the one to be able to win the race. I understand it. There is a, it, this is a, a race where I feel like you could go very deep if you wanted to. I thought this was, of all the races, I could have gone the deepest in this spot. Uh, where do you want to go for your next pick here? I'm only going one more deep. I'm going to use the eight horse, half birthday. Um, so it's getting 12 to one here. Got Morley, got Castellano. To me, this is a setup play. I just, I feel like this race sets up very well for half birthday. I like the race three back, breaking its maiden at the 40 optional level, goes into the open $30,000 level, uh, ends up with avoided claim there going over the um, going over the Belmont turf. Then goes into this New York Stallion race, just way over its head. Just draw a line through that. Just just straight through it. Don't even worry about that. Now we're back with our friends. I think this is where you actually want to be placed with this horse. Castellano riding for the fourth straight time. You have the pace in front of it set up well, but you have tactical speed with the eight. I like the price. See if we can get a little bit of a price home here in the last. Uh, I see Curtis asks, is Manny Franco a wreck on turf and he's riding the five fast Corey? Uh, no, no. Uh, he is not. He rode Trippy Van and wrecked everybody who did not. It's a wreck. Manny Franco wrecks your ticket sometimes if you don't use him. Um, by the way, I didn't use Five Fast Corey. I just I, I didn't love him in this spot. But um, again, you could go very deep here. I did use the Eight Half Birthday. This was third up for me, and you nailed it. Uh, you know, finally going back to the right spot. I think this is great. It, by the way, if she doesn't try that stakes last out and completely bombs, she's not twelve to one in here. No, she's four to one, five to one versus similar horses her previous two races. So if nothing else, I'm like 12 to one. This is way too good. Like that's three times what she should be. So you got to throw it on. Yeah. I, and that, that to me is you're, you're a lot of times you have too much recency bias and handicapping and people will just look at that last line and that, and you're going to see the morning light 12 to one. You're going to see that last race. You're going to see that and your people are going to play it. And it's just that simple. And so you're going to be able to get every bit of that price in the last spot here. Uh, last one on for me, the number six abuse of power, the five to two favorite Mike, I went back and forth about using this horse. I, I'm scared of her, and then when I did the whole ticket structure, I was like, I can still put her on. So this was the very last horse that I added to my ticket. She originally starts her career with Chad Brown. Looks like she's going to be a turf sprinter. Form falls off when Andonachi got his hands on and was like, hey, let's make her go two turns. I know better than Chad Brown. That didn't work. Hey, let's put her on synthetic. Eh, that didn't work. Cutting back, dropping to class level, You know where she's at in her career, this is, this is a good fit for her at age five. She's third off the bench, so this should be a peak effort from her. Uh, Antonacci is 13% in turf sprints when he's just 9% turf overall and just 7% in all types of sprints. Uh, my concern, this is a trainer who is one for 31 now has the favorite on the last race of opening day at Saratoga. Uh, there's, it's a little scary, a little scary, Mike. I mean, you're, it's, it's a negative EV play long-term. The horse shouldn't be five to two, but it's just that simple. You have 
man, I, I don't know if I could be that mean to Ricardo Santiago. One of the worst three jockeys on turf in this race, on your horse. You have the worst trainer in the race, training your horse, and you're getting, and it's the morning line favorite. I mean, that's that's tough to swallow. I, I'm, that's just not a horse I'm going to use. I'm going to let that horse beat me, especially since every race at five and a half after the Chad Brown barn, the horse is terrible, just bad. Like going seven, that you see some decent races, going two turns, decent races, but there's some really bad efforts at, at five and five and a half where the horse just isn't fast enough early anymore and has no kick late when they're going faster early. So you look at that Gulfstream five for long turf race, or shows early pace, fades late because he can't keep it. You show look at the Monmouth five and a half for a long race, shows no early pace, can't make it up because his horse is too far back. It's just like, I don't think this is the right distance for this horse with this specific trainer. I feel like this is the last, like, if she doesn't show anything here, they need to retire her because she might be at that point too at age five where she's like, I just don't care anymore. I just want to hang out. I get it. That's how I feel sometimes on a Friday. I'm like, I don't care anymore. I just want to hang out, play video games. Uh, Not the case here. We're both on, uh, we're both on the four and the eight. You're going four, five, eight, and I'm going to go one, four, six, eight to get through here. Uh, See if there's anything. Oh, hey. There you go. Nick Feldman. I knew there was something I wanted to say. Just hit the late pick four at Colonial Downs for $574, a $24 ticket. That's definitely Saratoga ammo. Um, by the way, Colonial Downs, we didn't talk about it, but Curtis Manlo brought it up earlier in the chat. A horse won at Colonial Downs that was second to, not that one, sorry. He's got too many chats in here. Uh, the horse that was second to Summer Promise when Summer Promise won just broke her maiden at Colonial Downs today. So if you liked her before, you can have her. You got to like her a lot now. Yeah, it's always nice when you have a, a horse win back like that. So um, and that, that flatters him. A lot of those two-year-old races, I went through them all. Not many horses have run back out of those races, which makes it a little hard to handicap. One of the things we talk about a lot in those stakes races is going back and looking at who they faced, looking if there's other winners out of those maiden special weights and kind of deciding how to structure from there. There's not a lot of other horses that have run out of those maiden special weights yet. So it's a little tough to kind of decide going into this race. You really got to go up visually when you watch the replays and then understanding how the horse got bet, the trainers, what they're good at, and that uh, – it's going to be a tough race. It's, it's a, a separating single in my mind. If you're able to get through there with one horse, because I think you go four or five deep in the stakes if you really wanted to. That's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I to go through the late pick five at Saratoga. And I, uh, okay, hit that button a little early here. But on the screen here, uh, you can see our tickets below. But also, uh, if you didn't know, Saratoga opening day is coming. We're a little excited. Mike, there's Saratoga and then Saratoga, 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 Saratoga. So any Saratoga previews you want, we got you covered at racingnews.com. Here's our tickets for the late pick five, Mike. I will start going 410 with 14 with. One, two, three, four, six with six, nine. Nice. With one, four, six, eight. And that is an $80 ticket. Nice to see that you've matured when I was been away. Uh, I'm going to go with the 50 cent ticket. Go one, four, eight, nine with one, seven with one, three, four, six, seven with nine. Close it out with four, five, eight. That'll cost you 60 bucks for 50 cents. But Nick Feldman's not done. He's over here throwing up stable on up horses, too. He said, Miss San Gabriel for Grand Motion. He loves his Dynaformer horses. That's why. Look for a next start going long at Saratoga. Stable up Miss San Gabriel, Nick Feldman says. So uh, there you go. Listen, it's been a good show. Uh, I, listen, we did a pick five in, in 45 minutes, Mike. I'm pretty impressed. It helps when we have a lot of agreement here. Yeah, quite a bit of agreement there. And, and, and the excitement, like I, I talk faster when I'm excited. I am excited about this card tomorrow at Saratoga. I think it's a fun pick six sequence. Um, I think this card is better than, than Friday's card. I've already gone through Friday's card as well. Um, from a just a opinion perspective for mine, not necessarily a, a talent perspective, because the Friday card, the late pick five especially, very, very difficult. My opinions on tomorrow's card, I think, are stronger than the Friday card. But we'll see uh, We'll see how this all plays out. Just got to get, get off to a good start. Because this is, I would say, from a handicapping and betting perspective, the most difficult meet to beat in the U.S. each year because you have high-quality horses, 
you mix in the rain, which makes a big difference here because the tracks change what their biases are based on when it rains, how much it rains. You'll see speed good before rain and bad after rain, specifically on the turf sometimes. Sometimes you get a golden rail when there's it's a muddy track. So you really have a lot of kind of things that are changing. And then everyone wants to win. So you're going to get the best shot from every single trainer, owner. They're, they're prepping and setting up for these specific races. You have some trainers that will tell jockeys to not win a race so that they can have that condition at Saratoga the next time out, if they're getting that horse ready for first off to second off a layoff. So no, some of the stories here about how hard people try to win at Saratoga are all true, um, and it makes it even harder to handicap this specific track. Uh, well, if you want to play Saratoga uh, races 5 through 10, you know what you should do. You should become a Racing Dudes premium subscriber because races 5 through 10 are part of this week's Racing Dudes tournament challenge, along with a couple of Woodbine Monmouth. Uh, but really, you got to love the fact that even horse tourneys, Mike, they're all on board. And this is for Friday, that one that you said where you've got uh, a harder uh, or, or the less strong opinions, I guess I should say. So I'm excited for this one. Talk to the folks about the tournament. I mean, the 8th and the ninth are, are two stakes races that are difficult. The 8th race, I previewed, previewed it for Racing Dudes. Coronation Cup, 150K stakes. Breeders' Cup winner in there. I'm not like it's it's crazy. You have a Breeders' Cup winner running on a Friday in an undercard race for the to the, to the feature. I mean that's that is Saratoga in a nutshell. Um, and it's a wide open race. It, she uh, it, it's uh, God I can't remember her name. Twilight Gleaming. Twilight yep. Gleaming is one of like four speeds in there that are all very good. It's going to be a very quick pace. You're going to have a couple horses like Dairy Nane coming from off the pace that are very very good. It's just going to be a really fun race. And then right after that. Uh, yeah, I think it's a wide open field. I, I went five deep in both of these races where it's just you can go so many directions with prices. Um, but this is a great opportunity to check out tournament sections. So we've got these tournaments running every two weeks, $10 to enter. We're putting $150 worth of site credit to the highest subscriber who wins that the tournament. Uh, the dudes aren't eligible, but you can compete with us and see how we do. And then the other cool part that I love about this is that you're able to compare yourself as you're getting used to tournaments uh, to the big tournaments. So the NHC qualifier, uh, the big bucks qualifier, the $15,000 cash tournament, all use these exact same 10 races. So you can see where your score would have stacked up against the other people that are in the major tournaments. So make sure to join if you're a subscriber to jump in the tourney. And we'll have a live show that'll be pretty interesting on Friday as well, because I will be at the track. So I'll be jumping in and out as much as I can. Magic will be here flying solo. Aaron will be driving. Jared will be off in the wind. We don't know what's going on there. And so we'll just, we'll try and put it all together for you. Uh, yeah, it's going to be great. The uh, yeah, We'll just be flying by the seat of our pants, but sometimes that's what we do best here at RacingDudes.com. Uh, Michael Myers, great to see you here. I was giving him crap because he and Vinny and I are in a little group chat about Star Wars stuff, and Vinny was in the chat, and I was like, well, it's really nice to see somebody showed up to the show. So, Michael, thank you for driving the YouTube view numbers. We appreciate it. Anybody, if you haven't yet, please, before you leave, click like on the video, subscribe to the Racing Dudes YouTube channel, Saratoga All Meet Long. We're going to be doing tons of content as well as Del Mar. Don't forget, we've got that starting uh, a week from now. But right now, all the focus, as it should be, is on Saratoga, Mike. Uh, you're going to uh, opening day tomorrow. I, I'm so excited for you. I'm jealous, but you're going to have a great time. Yeah, make sure you check out Dudes Who Bet Daily. We're live Wednesday through Sunday every day at noon. We're going to have that show at noon tomorrow. It's going to start becoming more horse racing heavy, I have a feeling, once we get Saratoga and Del Mar going, be a little less baseball. So we'll give out some best bets on the card tomorrow. Uh, and that I think it's going to be me, you, and Aaron tomorrow that will be there. Um, and then we'll kind of continue to roll into the weekend with best bets all the way through it. That'll be every Wednesday through Sunday live at noon Eastern, uh, Dudes Who Bet Daily. Yeah, and what's great about it is you can see here even on screen, I've got showing it from our YouTube page. You know, they're 7, 10, 15 minutes long. We keep them short. It's about what we think is the best bet 
of the day. And it could be, uh, it could be horse racing. It could be baseball. It could be Canadian football league. You don't really know what kind of stuff we're going to try and get you to bet MLS on, but it's <laughs> the MLS game that kicks off in uh, an hour and 10 minutes, I believe. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, listen, it's a lot of fun. We'd love to have you join us, uh, over racenews.com, even for the free shows in the morning stuff. We love you guys. Each and every one of you in the chat. It's been a lot of fun. We'll be back on sometime this week. We haven't nailed it down, but we're going to do the Saratoga, the Saratoga Saturday show. Uh, Mike and I for scheduling. We might have to pre-record and release it, but we're going to try and get it to you. That's our promise because we love you. Until that comes out, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck at Saratoga. May all your bets be winning ones unless you don't agree with us. Then uh, sorry. Bye. No, I'm just kidding. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. See you guys. This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes first. 